You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, new friends, I'm Joe Iconis. And I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. Today we're going to be talking about a very special song called 64, which is inspired by a street in New York City, namely 64th Street. Uh, it's a time-traveling song, and it's sung by the incredible Alan H. Green and George Salazar and Jose Restrepo, and uh, we got a lot to say about it. Hopefully you'll enjoy a Joe Iconis trio, because that's, that's a rarity. Yeah. It's like my uh, feud for Tin Horns, but different. Yeah. Or the original Helen Hayes. Back when things were better in many ways. I walk toward Lincoln Center now, just like I did when I was a kid. Uh, so 64, 64 is in a special genre of songs, just like the genre of songs that are people's names, mm-hmm. but it's a number. Just a number. Just like 52. Yeah, and it um, 64 refers to the street, mm-hmm. 64th Street in Manhattan, New York City, Earth. Um, I love 64th Street. I love all the streets in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, as a theater historian, this is like such a special song because you dive into some theater history here. I do, yeah. The song is one that I wrote for an event that um, I think Lonnie Price, Lonnie Price. organized it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was uh, songs about Lincoln Center. And it was performed at that like atrium area where like mm-hmm. sort of T- TKTS used to have a location at Lincoln Center there. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Lonnie Price was kind of putting together this song cycling night. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, I wrote this tune and I, you know, I don't even, I don't even remember how I started this song. Like it was one of those songs that I, I felt like I just like fell into a, a, a rabbit hole and I, I just sort of decided what I wanted to write when I was like in the song. You know, it wasn't a song that I kind of mapped out, which is, which is something that I do usually. This one was like, I had to get into it and then I realized what the song was about and then I just kept getting myself like deeper and deeper into it and I felt like I was like working stuff out as I was as I was writing it but the impetus for the song was um, uh, this idea this image of uh, of Raul Julia walking to a rehearsal like on the Lincoln Center campus mm-hmm. in the in the the 70s and um, and I love Lincoln Center. It's like, you know, if I had to give a, a list of my favorite places in New York City, it would definitely be um, very close to the top. Uh, and, and 
I have always, you know, I've always loved the area. I love the idea of it. Uh, aesthetically, I like how it looks. It really makes me think about, you know, the 70s and, and a different time in New York. And, and I, I realized that uh, Lincoln Center, it just, it ignites this nostalgia mm-hmm. in me. Um, and, and so I started writing the song, sort of tapping into that, this idea of, of this place, um, this place igniting this nostalgia in me for a time that I was not alive for. Mm-hmm. This nostalgia for this, you know, like the old days. And, oh, this is, you know, this is this magical place. And it makes me think like, oh, it was, you know, even more magical back then. And because then I start to think, when I think about, you know, Raul Julia, you know, just how cool this like actor's actor, you know, this guy going to do these shows in Lincoln Center and and these legendary productions and and um, the the you know the diner from from Annie Hall on the corner where PJ Clarks is and it it just takes me back to another time and um, and so, and so then as I started writing that then I was like oh I you know maybe this song is about how things aren't as good now as they used to be then the deeper I got into that the more you know I I got interested in the idea of Lincoln Center being built um, in in the 60s and how it, you know, uh, decimated uh, San Juan Hill. It decimated the neighborhood that was, that was there. And this idea of, like, this place that has nothing but sort of positive connotations to me, mm-hmm. this place that feels so magical and also conjures up this nostalgia for a for a, an era that I wasn't there for means something so different to to a great many people. Yeah. And this idea of like if I was if I actually was my age now in the 70s when Raul Julia was heading to rehearsal in the fall, um, how would I feel about mm-hmm. this this area? Would I you know would I would I feel like oh this is a great place where I can go and do my art? Or would I feel conflicted about it? And how did Raul Julia feel about it? And so that's sort of what started the kind of like Russian nesting doll. It is. It's a matryoshka. Yeah. Um, this is that, song, that, that was, it is what it's called. called. Yeah. Say it again. Matryoshka. Matryoshka. I am Russian. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that mm-hmm. is what it's called. Um, it makes me think so much about uh, when I was writing the marquee theater chapter of my Untold Stories of Broadway books, mm-hmm. I really started getting perspectives similar to 64 on, you know, for people of a certain generation, the marquee theater is like, how dare they have knocked down those five Broadway houses to build the marquee. And mm-hmm. like, I, you know, that theater is not not my favorite and like, mm-hmm. you know, how evil that we put this hotel up where all these theaters used to be. And for people of another generation, it's like, oh my God, the marquee where <laughs> I saw Thoroughly Modern Millie. And like, you talk to people of a younger generation and like, they don't have any memory of, you know, a negative connotation of that building. To them, it's like, oh my God, I saw Peter Pan there. Mm-hmm. So it is something that in New York, I think, is actually not explored that much of, there's a sort of um, black and white version of like, older stuff was better, but Mm -hmm. there's not a black and white stuff of like, oh, that older thing that was better also knocked down something that another generation cared about. Mm -hmm. And that's just what the city does. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, this song goes deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, and the, you know, the, and it is, it's, it's, the whole idea of it is kind of, it's messy and it's, and it's, I mean, as the song you know says, nostalgia is, is so complex. Like mm-hmm. it, if if you you think about it, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like that, especially with theaters, but with anything in New York City, like anything that's here, knock down sure. something else. And I always just think of like, you could just keep, you could keep going back and back and back and back and back until you get to, you know, a, a one angry cockroach that's like, <laughs> you know, they they knock down my nest. Yeah. The stupid Empire Staple. Like there's always going to be some yeah. creature that you have displaced in order to, sure. to make something else. And so, um, yeah, and so the song, the song is, is that. And I, the, at the end of the song, you know, it, it repeats. This kind of play out of the song is real, real long. And, um, and it's, it's, it's long because in my, in my mind, I think the song could just play forever. And, it would, and you could keep hopping, hopping back. You sure. know, and obviously the last person we hear from during the, the play out is Jose Ferrer, you know, talking about the Hippodrome and, and all of that. But it's like you could keep just like back, 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 and, you know, never ending yeah. until, you know, you get to dinosaurs or something. Mad props to you for the references here because I think the first time I heard like Jose Ferrer and Hippodrome and Vanderbilt and like the references are so correct and so, um, you know, things that you might have to look up and then you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what this person would have been singing about. And I, I mean, I just freaked out when you wrote that. I also, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but crazily enough, the place where this was first performed, the atrium at Lincoln Center that mm-hmm. I was talking about, there was, a that's on the footprint of a Broadway theater, the Harkness, that um, is where like the Robert Bridegroom was yeah, originally yeah. there. And it was like a very short-lived Broadway theater. I think yeah. it was knocked down in either, I think the late 70s, but... That's so crazy. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Darkness was there. Like sort of on that footprint. Yeah. yeah. See, and my the, my song was born there. <laughs> where the Harkness died. This also reminds me of when our favorite bar across from 54 Below Characters was like mm-hmm. getting the ax during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I was like going down the 64 style rabbit hole about it and I was like, oh, this was once a farm called Cosines Farm in the <laughs> 1700s and they must have been real mad when it was made into, you know, it's, yeah. it's New York City. Like this yeah. is such a New York City song. It also, um, you know, I think this song obviously was written long before the Tony Kushner version of the West Side Story movie mm-hmm. but um, specifically like Lincoln Center being uh, created on top of this community that was decimated is also something that's depicted there, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting because I feel like a reference point that a lot of people now have for it is like West Side Story. Like that's what that area used to be like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, very wild. And you know, the other thing that the song uh, I think touches on is this idea of, you know, everyone is always talking about how New York is dead, how how, uh, New York is that, and also like the theater. Everyone's always talking about, myself included, you know, oh, it used to be so much better. It used to be so much better. And I, something that always thrills me is reading, reading that sentence even, the theater used to be better for, you know, in hundreds of years of, of, of written word. Like it's just something that people have always, always, always said in the golden age of whatever. I totally to remember the first time I read like Richard Rogers telling mm-hmm. a story from when he was in his 20s and people were saying that to him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's it's just a great circle. Yeah, it's always. A, it's a strange loop. Always. Um, <laughs> with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I also, um, this song I think gives a fresh perspective to like, similarly, you know, there's someone that's going to be nostalgic about things that are happening now that to us are just like, oh yeah, walk into rehearsal in the fall. Yeah. And at some point, someone is going to look back on that and be like, oh, the days when like, you know, they were walking from Open Jar Studios where mm-hmm. we're recording right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, we're living it. And so like, even the times when you don't feel like, oh, the show I'm working on is not my favorite experience for XYZ reason, or like this was a bad day of rehearsal or whatever it is. Um, there, you know, we don't know if Raul Julia was like, you know, mm-hmm. having food poisoning when he was walking rehearsal. It's like <laughs> the bad stuff sometimes gets erased from history and you kind yeah. of remember the good stuff and someone will be doing that about our generation. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, to me, also when I was writing it, I wanted to write the, not the rebuttal, but just the different perspective on the, um, uh, it, on the look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. You know, it's the, <laughs> yeah. um, the when they, when they, when they, they all, when they both sing in the song, um, you know, uh, it must have been the only good time to be alive in the city at all. It's like, that's the opposite of the idea of like, you know, of the, 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 um, the Skylar sisters, you know, being yeah. like, this is, this is it, you know? And it's like, cause it is, it's like, it's, it's looking back. It's not, yeah. it's not, not really appreciating what is around you or being honest about what is around you. It's just, you know, this sense of like, oh, it used to be. Used totally. to be so much better, um, and the, I, I do just have to say the performance performances of Alan H. Green and George Salazar and Jose Restrepo, like, come on! Oh my God! Incredible! This I have to say, I'm not like I don't have a favorite song on the album. I really do feel like they're all special, different reasons. But this was the first song that I rushed to like play again, <laughs> and it might also be because um, Alan's performed so much of your work before. But this was a new song for Alan yeah. on the album, so it yeah. wasn't like oh, we've heard Alan do this a million times in concert. And I just him recording it was so incredible, and I just like was dying to hear him sing it again. And, and yeah, you know, George and Jose. I mean, th- all of them, and it's. The you know with Alan something that's so special is that it's um, he it's just so his vocal performance in addition to being very thrilling vocally it's thrilling because it's it's so it's so genuine and yeah. so earnest you know and it's like he he's singing about this nostalgia as if it, you know it was like an ex lover you know it's like. It's a, there's real romance in the way that he's singing, and I think he, you know, he he does that with the the his commitment and his you know literal vocal performance in a way that it 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 elevates and and um, and informs the the words. Totally. It's like something that words themselves could never do. You know, his absolute his absolute passion about about this is, yeah. is something that. Um, is really incredible. And again, something like, because he's so wonderful, he just got, you know, there was never like, how should I sing this? What should I be doing? He was just like, oh, this is what this is. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. This isn't something, you know, you're not supposed to be like, you know, imitating him. Imitating him. Yeah, like being like a brainiac. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, And and then, you know, George doing, you know, playing Raul Julia in the song, we, we talked about, if he should do like straight up impression or like what should he what should he do? And so he's sort of doing a light Raul Julia 
um, you know, uh, inflection or something. Uh, but also, like, you know, it's, it, attacking it with the same passion and, and romance. And it's, like, so mm-hmm. exciting, I think, when you hear the two of them, you know, the sort of, like, present in quotation mark fingers and, and past in quotation mark fingers, you know, go at it. Together, it really, it sounds like a, it sounds like a love song. You know, yeah. it sounds like a sort of creamy 70s love song. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I'm just so happy with it. And then Jose Restrepo, um, you know, who recorded, Jose Restrepo, uh, he, he lives in, uh, in L.A., and so he was sort of the last piece of the puzzle. And, um, yeah, like, the, the three of them together, it's just really, uh, I'm really, really proud of it. And I also have to say I love the arrangement of the song so much. Charlie Rosen, his, his string arrangement is just so gorgeous. And, and so, um, it, you know, dangerously nostalgic. And that's, you know, part of it where it's like I wanted it to sound like, you know, like 70s radio. And yeah. then I wanted it to feel sumptuous and, and you know, and, and, and feel... Um, feel like warm and feel like oh you know it's this is this is nothing but good this this looking back and sort of living in the past. Even the musicians though it's odds, really you know. do kill it on this track. Oh my gosh, yeah, the, the, and you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. this was we did we did all this the strings in one day and all the horns in one day. And for this tune, uh, this was the last one, and this was one where we didn't know if we wanted strings on it, mm-hmm. and um, and there was like you know it was less than ten minutes left in the session. And we were just like, there's not going to be any time to rehearse this. And, and Charlie was like, let's just give it to them. And whatever they, they can do, they'll do. And yeah. then if, maybe we'll use like a part or two. And the, the string players got, got the charts and they just played it down perfectly one time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and the song is, you know, seven minutes long. Yeah. That's the problem with my song. It's like when you have 10 minutes, like you can just you go can through it, it and that's all you can do. Yeah. And um, they, then it was perfect. And that's the take that's on the thing. And it was the last little thing that we recorded. And yeah, I just love it so much. And Ian Keggy just mixed it so expertly. And, and, um, it turned out great. Yeah. I feel like this is a question I should just remember to ask you once you've had like a couple of drinks and you're not going to answer it right now. But mm-hmm. is there any other street that you feel like is next on your list of like you've done 52 and 64? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. I got a couple in my mind. I'm going to trick you into answering that for me some <laughs> other time. But you know, stay I, tuned. I really do. I really do. In the back of my mind, have this, you know, fantasy of writing a song for every street in the theater district. Mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate it's the ultimate goal. Street cycle. I mean, that's not what it would be called, but it's like, you know, the, the play cycles. Where Street you write cycle. About. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like 42 has sort of been written about obliquely in multiple songs of yours, but yeah, we'll see. I can do it, I can do it again. Yeah. I've, still got, I've still got some song left in me. Thank God. <laughs> 64. 64. <laughs> hey. Thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, Do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm slash album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Take me back, take me back, cause I know that life
Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.